Welcome to the Blazing Ember podcast, where we aim to amplify the voices of Latino professionals. We, Diana and Maria, founded this podcast to explore unspoken rules and all the ships, leadership, mentorship, sponsorship, and allyship with Latino leaders. We are here to ignite your path to success with valuable insights. Bienvenidos. Hola, and welcome to the Blazing Ember podcast. I'm Diana Santos, and with me today is my lovely co-host, Maria Fernandez. Our podcast highlights Hispanic and Latinx voices in the business and legal world. We focus on discussing the importance of leadership, allyship, mentorship, and sponsorship, and the impact of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the community. We're looking forward to ignite that ember in our professional community. We launched our podcast at the end of Hispanic Heritage Month last year, which was October of 2023. This is our first episode in 2024, and also our first episode without guests. We will focus on having you get to know us and understanding why we launched the Blazing Ember podcast. So Diana, why don't you start with telling us a little bit about you and then I'll talk about me. Sounds great. So I'm a first-generation Colombian with a lot of Queens slash New York City pride, and I have a really strong passion for life and and fulfillment. I love a really good adrenaline rush. Uh, I get a lot of a rush doing this, to be honest. Um, (laughs) I like to learn new things and spend time with my friends and family. I'm a mom of two, a very proud mom of two, a life partner, a wife, an attorney, and also a nonprofit board member. I just really like using the skills that I have to make a positive impact in the world. And I also have some exciting news, which I haven't quite published as publicly as this, (laughs) but I'm set to debut as an adjunct professor in AI law in just a few weeks. And I'm really eager to share my knowledge and, and with other people in the legal community. This podcast is so near and dear to my heart. It came about at some point in some random evening when I was losing my mind, working from home during the global (laughs) pandemic. And I just was really concerned about what was happening to people, right? I am a people person and I was missing people. And I was thinking about the students who were graduating and how they were missing out on so many of the experiences who helped form me in my life. And I thought of this podcast and I manifested it and it seemed like such a distant dream. It's been a labor of love for almost three years and I really could not be happier or more thankful to have you, Maria, as my partner in this ridiculously exciting adventure. Oh, thank you. And I love doing this with you too. I think we both kind of pushed each other into doing this. And I think that's the best part is the support and the accountability. So I will tell you that I am from the Bronx. I'm a boogie down girl who grew up in the Bronx. My mother came from Puerto Rico in the 50s, like many other Puerto Ricans did. And my dad came undocumented from Spain. He jumped off of a boat. He was a merchant marine. And so I grew up in the Bronx. I went to Catholic schools in the Bronx. And then I became a mom at a very young age. And I now have three kids and two grandchildren, which maybe I shouldn't be saying that because it ages me, but nobody calls me grandma and nobody calls me abuela. Just in case anybody's wondering, we don't use those. We use Bella. I have, uh, I know it's vain. I get it, but that's, that's my vanity thing. I'll, I'll call it out there, but it is. And so I really have 
enjoyed a career. For example, I never worked at a law firm, which is a little bit different, right? I started out at IBM. I was there for many years. And then I've also, through IBM, really have focused on working with many organizations and many nonprofit organizations and education and just giving of myself and being able to figure out how to use the IBM resources when I was there. And so I think this for me is perfect. It's about continuing to give back to our community and doing it with someone who's amazing. So that's me. Oh, my dear. But there's so much more to you. Can I highlight a few more things? Sure. We just have to make sure we have enough time for people to hear the rest of it. (laughs) That's totally fair. Um, So so I want to go back to the first time I met you. Right. And so uh, here I was a first year associate at Ropes and Gray. So this was around 2011 or so at some point it was, it was a spring, either it was 2011 or 2012. What it was the year that you got the trailblazer award. What year was that? Do you remember? Uh, No, I don't. It might be 2011. It might be 2011, but I can't remember. Well, I was a lost soul in the legal world. Right. So I didn't, I, first generation immigrant. So I didn't have any family that had been attorneys in the U.S. or even graduated a graduate school in the U.S., right? There was just, it's uncharted turf for me. And I was in a law firm and I had just so much support, thank goodness, from, and I'll name him, Bernard Ginyard was our diversity manager or director, whatever his title was at the time at Ropes. And he, I think he saw my helplessness in many ways while I was doing so well, with the hours and doing what I needed to do, I really wasn't a well-rounded attorney at that point. I was just working. And he kind of pulled me out of that one day and said to me, have you heard of this organization, Latino Justice? And I was like, I have no idea. He's (laughs) having this trailblazers breakfast. Do you want to go? And I was like, sure. Right. But I was very skeptical as I tend to be. And sometimes I was skeptical of the whole thing. And I showed up. And it was at, oh my goodness, is it the pen club that you guys yeah. use? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. pen the Yale club, right? club. I think it's a Yale club. Yale, Yale club, yeah. right by Grand Central. I show yep. up and I was just like, what is this? I was just mesmerized <laughs> because- That's a great were, event. There were so many, first of all, Latinos, right? And I was like, they're all, or mostly lawyers or yeah. like executives on the business side. I just hadn't been in a room that looked like that. And it's it was feeling, right? It was, a, it was, yeah, it was like very, it was very just motivating when you, when you find yourself feeling alone and then all of a sudden you find so many people that look like you and have so many shared experiences. It really is like a warm hug. And what was even greater about the whole thing was I'm sitting there. I have no idea what this breakfast is about. <laughs> and you take the stage and they say all these things. And I'm like, who is this woman? <laughs> I had no idea who you were. And then I met other leaders of our community. It's Carla and Natalia had just started or had recently started their Cafecitos Network more formally because I know they had it for so long. And they just took me from one person to another to you meet this one, meet the other one. And fast, like flash forward years later, I run into you at an HNBA conference and somehow we end up sitting together. And you you probably don't remember this as much as I do because I was so impacted by you. Where I was just like, this woman, who is she? Right. And I was like, there's no way I would never in a million years imagine that I would ever have a podcast with you, Maria. Never. (laughs) 
And, and so, here we are. And here we are. And so I remember sitting with you and you were just like so candid as anybody who knows you knows. Yes. You were so candid about whatever was bugging you at the time. And I still left with that impression. I was like, who is this woman? <laughs> and then I don't know, it was a lot, of, but That's I was good. still, it was, it was a sense of admiration. I was just like, who is she? And I knew you were at IBM. And then I met you. I, I came across you again when I became part of the Leaders board yes. at the junior board at uh, Latino, Latino Justice. Justice. And I remember a good friend of mine, Roberto, who was part of the, the first set of Leaders. He said, oh, Maria's like a madrina. Like she's the madrina. She's the godmother of this thing. And so then I was like, okay, this is Maria. But I still didn't know you. And it took so many years for this company, IBM, <laughs> Big Blue, to come, find you. <laughs> to come find me, that led me back to you because yeah. I, I hesitated, Maria. I was like, is she going to take my call? She's all the way in Texas at this point in time. Oh, yeah. And you, you, what was, I think, still amazing and maybe the stars aligned or whatever it was, Maria, you dropped whatever it was that you were doing and you spoke to me for what, an hour and a half? Yeah, yeah. Like, IBM, it was just like, an hour and a half on life. On life. Where were you going? What were you doing? Where did you want to go? Why was this good? Why was it not good? It yeah, was yeah, I remember that. It was everything. And so this, that's so this sweet. Thing, it's crazy. It's just crazy to me how it all came about. And and then we had so many conversations even after, right? Even after I joined yes. IBM yes. and you shared so much, so much information about the company itself. But then just like tips that I wouldn't, have thought of at this stage in my life. And that's because you've been through so much. And in the bits of it, I confess to you that I had this idea. And your reaction was, and your reaction was, let's go for it. Let's go go for it. it. And I I was like, and I remember leaving, like finishing our phone call and then going and telling my husband, because it was like, (laughs) and I was like, so she agreed to do it. (laughs) I don't know what to say. I didn't know if I heard it could do it. And it's been just so lovely to work with you and to have these. I, I know you may not believe me, but I have vivid pictures, Maria, of where I was at kind of each of the critical moments. Oh, that's so sweet. You did, you did so, so much, but it's absolutely true. And that's why, that's why I love doing this. And this is crazy, Maria. I mean, I mean, you tell our listeners, what is it like for us behind the scenes to make this happen? Well, it's so funny. So number one, just so people understand, I think one of my basic rules is I want to treat others the way I want to be treated. And I think this comes back to kind of why we're doing the podcast too, and right, and why we had the conversation and why I always try to make myself available. Because when I look at the landscape, right, I worry a little bit about where are Latinos? How are they doing? Are are we aware? Are we visible? Are we noticed? And sometimes we have questions that we feel like there's no one around to answer, right? And so- I think the fun part of this was first really coming to a realization of, yes, this can add value, right? We're we're doing this for our community and we can add value. And then it was, where do we go and how do we push? And so I I will share that I am the least organized of the two. And I'm sure (laughs) people who know us will not be surprised. I'm a little bit more kind of fly by the seat of my pants. And Diana- No, you don't say. Yeah, a little bit. And Diana is a bit more 
organized and structured and wanting to make sure we're good. But I think that's the good part is that we balance off of each other, right? And we're looking at these things from slightly different lenses in our family life, in our career, right? But still resonating because the experience is very common. Yeah. And I think and that's I think- it's all a lot of heart, right? Yes. In the process of this, right? So I started a new job. Then I started different roles. You moved from Texas. Thank goodness, because New York City missed you. Oh, I missed <laughs> it so much. You moved back to New York. And there, like your son went off to college, right? There were graduations. There were just so many life moments in the right. last three years that we went through. And I think that the fact that the two of us always lead with kindness when it comes to this project is what makes us keep going, right? It's that we will find a way to make it through because it matters so much to us. Right. There's good intentions and an intent to make a difference and not to make a difference because of who we are, but to make a difference because our community needs it. Right. Um, And I think the other piece is that the speakers that we have had so far are in that same, they fall into that same bucket. And so what I have found thrilling about doing this is that many people have shared those stories that you would not otherwise normally perhaps want people to associate you with. But I think it's great because that vulnerability tells us that it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay not to be the best. It's okay to find yourself in a situation where you're like, what is going on? Why am I here? Why am I classified as this? Why am I doing this? But to have people who can say to you, that was me too. And here's how I got out of it, right? And and there's no shame in your game. Just figure out your game plan out or above or under or whatever it is you need to do. And I think that's what I love. And I'm hoping our readers, our listeners love as well is that they're getting real people who are sharing real issues. Right. And real solutions because... One one thing, one part of our story that I think is super important is, so yes, did I manifest this? I dreamt about recording a podcast <laughs> so many nights. And then I felt just kind of, again, a little bit helpless because I was like, how am I going to do this? I don't know how to put up a website. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. Like I'm an engineer by training, but I haven't done any of this stuff because it's not my profession, wow. right? And then I teamed up with you and we had, oh, how many sessions on how to use the internet for this How to to write it up. And then we found somebody who would do it for us for really cheap. And we were like, oh my God. But it took us like, what was it? Like maybe a year and a half was just production, getting our act together, getting all that. And then we're on the cusp, just to kind of flash fast forward to where we are today. We're on the cusp of September. So we had just gotten through like the summer break. Everything's starting up again. I go to a conference, CCWC, the Corporate Council Women of Color Conference. And I had never been to the conference and at the airport. And I run into a lovely woman that maybe some of our listeners know, Paula Edgar, who is just an, an amazing, <laughs> she's just amazing force. And she talks about the same issues, right? Diversity and empowerment and professional development and all this stuff. And I ran into her and she kind of reintroduced me to Nicole Arundel, who is another force in the community. And they were like, oh, you should talk about like the the podcast. And I was like, oh, but it's not ready yet, Paula. I'm not really talking about it because that's me. That's who I am. Maria, you're very different. You're like, I would be like, publish it. 
Let's talk it, right? And you, were, <laughs> you had said 2023, we're going to launch for Hispanic Heritage Month. So at this yeah. point, Hispanic Heritage Month is like a little stone throws away, a pebble yeah. thrown away. Right. right. So, and, and I and said- we're there, but not completely there. We were not there. Yeah, we were not fully there. And not we there. <laughs> yeah. But we couldn't get the audio going and all this other stuff. And I tell all this stuff to Paula and I'm telling her everything that's on my mind. And she says, you need to stop. She really was like, you need to stop. She goes, you've got to figure how to outsource some of this work because you can't do everything. And it was that moment. I think I texted you, Maria. And I was like, Maria, I ran into Paula. And she like, she kind of gave me the advice that I think I needed to somebody else deliver so strongly. And then in the course of a week or two, we got, I also, I wouldn't say we got our act together, but we did put the finishing touches on what we need to do to right. launch. And it was just such a beautiful thing. And at the end of the day, even when we launched, I wanted to hide. I was just, oh my God, what did I do? We were like, did we really do this? Did it really come up? And I'm like, yes, it's up and people are listening. <laughs> I, still, I still, right now, I know people can't believe it. It's it's public. And I'm like, I know, but I don't think about it that way. Because I don't know, because a lot of, I think what's the, the thing that bothers me sometimes or gets to me is that it is such a personal project that the fact that it's public, I still haven't been able to marry the idea in my brain, yeah. but I love it. We've had a chance to have such amazing speakers. I yes. mean, Ed Estrada, right? Awesome. And I've known forever. Right. Jose Ramon. Yes. Who I've also it, known for a long time and has been a great, amazing nonprofit partner for a number of groups. And for decades, and he yeah. helped spearhead initiatives on the HNBA to yeah, promote attorneys to uh, general counsel positions, right? If he's not a game changer or tra- trailblazer on his own, I don't know who is. Yeah. Yeah. Then we've got Maria Leticia Osadaza, right? Who yeah. is also amazing. I mean, I know her. Multifaceted badass. Let's put it that way. <laughs> It is. And and it, and it goes on and on. And we have more of these podcasts lined up for our, our audience here. And it is just absolutely amazing what a passion can do. Right. I, I wish I had this passion for the gym. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. And I, you know, I think one of the pieces that I do want to make sure people understand is that sometimes you just can't think about things. Sometimes you just got to do it, right? So I went to law school with a two and a half year old child and people would say to me, oh my God. And my response is, it was day to day. I got through each day. I didn't think about it. I just kept going. And because if you stop and really analyze the pros and the cons, sometimes you'll stop yourself from doing something. And sometimes you just have to say one day at a time, oh, now I'm three days in, now I'm five days in, now it's six months, right? We've had six episodes now. So it's all about sometimes just saying, okay, I've got to stop this view of it has to be like this for it to work. Because if it's genuine and it comes from the heart, it most likely will work. Yeah, that enemy of perfection is is something I I mean I struggle with for sure. And I'm happy that Maria is able to walk me away from <laughs> perfectionism because then it would be 2024 and we still would not have launched. That's true. That's true. And we, and it would we, be such a shame. That's right. We'd be aiming for 2024 Hispanic Heritage Month. 
And so far we've gotten such lovely notes, right? Such great feedback for people who know us, people who have met us before that we're not in touch with. It's, and I just really, I mean this, I think if we can just change somebody's perspective, just one person's perspective, then for me, it's all worth it. It's just so worth it. I want to change more than that, but with one, I am more than happy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, when we think of the people that we have coming up and and at this point, we have more people than we have time to record, but that's a good problem to have. That's a really good problem to have. I think it's really our intent and people should give us feedback. Give us feedback, please. Tell us, tell us what you want, because the idea is really to provide little snippets of what it means to be able to get over a particular hurdle or a particular problem. Or to your point, you're in a room, it's, yes, it's, it's an audio room, but you're in an audio room with people who have done what you've done. So it's like the Latino justice, right? For that, that 30 minutes that you spend with us or 25 minutes that you spend with us, you are immersed in your culture and it, what it means to succeed in your culture and to know that you're not alone. Yeah. That it, 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 I love it's it. very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. And one of the things that we talked about, right, that drove us to this point, that drove me to the point to confess to you what I wanted to do was because we started talking about numbers, right, Maria? We were like, oh, I'm so tired of this. Part of it, part of this podcast came out of frustration too, right? And I'm still tired, Maria. I still am of the numbers. Yeah. And I'm not tired. I'm tired not only about hearing the numbers for Latinos, I'm tired for all of our diverse communities, all of them. Yes, 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 yes. And I've been practicing for over a decade and I'm just like, why hasn't the needle moved just even a little bit? It just hasn't moved. And with the recent Supreme Court decision, it just kind of, things just feel like we're taking steps back instead of steps forward. And the statistics are horrific, right, Maria? I mean, you're closer to that sometimes than I Yeah, no, I have often spent a lot of time with the statistics. And so for those of you who go on to or ever look at the ABA, the American Bar Association, they do these statistical analysis of lawyers in the United States. And by the way, there are 1.3 million lawyers. That's a lot of lawyers. But when you look at the numbers, you will see that of all the lawyers in the U.S., 81% of those lawyers are non-Hispanic white, even though they're 60% of the U.S. population. So they're over by 20 percentage points, right? Then when you look at the Black lawyer population, it's 4.5 of the Black lawyers are Black, while they are 13.4% of the U.S. population. So you're off by quite a bit. Latinos are at 5.8, which is actually a growth from when I went to law school, but they're 18.5% of the U.S. population. And we're the fastest growing segment of the population, if I'm not mistaken. Fastest growing segment of the population, yes. And even worse is between the 5.8 of the Hispanics, I will tell you that the numbers are like two point something for Latinas. So it's still... a a larger percentage of Hispanic males than it is Hispanic females. Then you get to Asians and Asians have just hit, I mean, literally in the last year or two, they've hit almost parity. They are 5.5 of all lawyers and they're 5.9 of the U.S. population. Then you look at indigenous or as classified as Native Americans, they are 0.3 
5% of lawyers and their U.S. population is 1.3. So massive under, I mean, there's just not a lot. There's not a lot. It's unfortunate. Mixed race lawyers, which is a kind of a newish category, they're at 2.7 and where they're viewed as 2.8 of the population. So they're getting closer. They're getting closer. So now I go to law firms, right? And when you take all of those numbers and look at them in law firms, the numbers are dismal, even more dismal than that is, particularly if you're looking at women. So if you look at the National Association of Law Placement, or otherwise known as now, less than 1% of law firm partners are Latinas. And the number's a little higher for Latinos, males, but not much higher. So then you sit there and you look at these stats and you think, why? Why? Are we not as good? No. Are we not going to law school? I don't know. Maybe. How do we break the cycle? How do we stop marginalizing the issues that are faced by attorneys of color? Because even within that list, what you will find is that many Latinos, particularly if they start at law firms and Blacks and Asians and other diverse lawyers, tend to leave. They tend to go in-house. They tend to start do a solo practice. They tend to do other things because the law firms don't work for them. So it's an issue. It's an issue. It's I, I get very depressed, to be honest, to talk about the yeah. statistics. I try, I try, I do look at them from time to time, but I, I try to focus myself on things, of ways that I can drive change, right? Which is why I do this, why I've been a yeah. part of Latino Justice and other nonprofit organizations to drive these initiatives because- we all have to do what we can within our own communities to drive this change. Because if we just give up and just don't take action at looking at these numbers, don't take action even outside of our, our like immediate cultural community, right? Then, then what I think we're missing, we're going to miss out on the voices, right? Because one of the things that really makes an attorney a really good attorney, I think, is someone who can tell a story, mm-hmm. right? It makes yeah. a difference in the courtroom. It makes a difference in your negotiations. It makes a difference in your representation. You need to understand what yeah. is in front of you, the yeah. facts. And I think part of that is is a human connection. And so if you don't know a certain population right? Because you just haven't been exposed to them or you're not part of it, right? You have no choice of not being born into it, right? Right. Right. You just don't know that. Then how are those stories, how are these things going to, the the issues that affect the community really going to be highlighted? Yeah, we can have our allies, but it is really important for the members of the population to speak up and do for themselves. That I think is that level of empowerment is really critical to change. It's That's just, it's a, such a dense topic. And I just hope that whoever listens to these, to this, these podcasts, even if it's just one that they take on, look into something because I think everybody yeah. so far and everybody that we're going to speak to has a side passion project in there. Just, it's just telling of how many different ways you can help. Yes. And, and ensure that people can see themselves. So go speak at a school, speak on a panel for a pre-law program. I mean, there's a number of small things you can do that don't take up too much of your time if you don't have the time, right? But it it really is a way to make it not foreign and not so distant for someone who just doesn't have that exposure. Right. 
And and that brings us to how we even got to, I guess, the name of this podcast, right? Yeah. Because it, it is so much of the process of developing a podcast that's so creative in nature is that you have to come up with a way to name it. And yeah. so here we are giving, uh, you know, birthing this podcast in one way or another. And I mean, how many hours did we spend <laughs> trying to figure out names? I don't know which one. It was actually at least maybe the ease, the easiest part. I definitely do recall the setting up the web pages to be the most dark period. Yeah. <laughs> most of the darkest period of our podcast creation. So we did, we spent like hours using name generators, Googling, reading, researching, texting each other at all hours because I'm a morning. What do you think person. of it? What do you think of that? But yeah. And I'm a morning person. Maria is not, is she is so not. So we have two shifts running between us. And then all of a sudden you struck gold at some point on some random night. You're like, how about Blazing Ember? And I was like, I like it. I like it, but because we had some duds in there. <laughs> we did. Some of them were pretty bad. Yes. So we're not yeah. the barbecue company, Lady no. Ember, which you will find when you Google us, right? We're that's yeah. not us. But but we yeah. can't we liked Blazing Ember for many reasons. But I think Maria, your thought process for Blazing Ember, I think is the most touching of all. So tell our listeners why we picked yeah. it. So for those of you who remember Justice Sotomayor at a speech said that the Latina in her was an ember that blazed forever. And I think for many of us, right, having Justice Sotomayor as the first Latina on in the Supreme Court, and before that being a very respected jurist, right, it just feels so special. And then I add to that the fact that she's also a Bronx girl, right? And I'm a Bronx girl. When I When I was younger, we grew up in the projects that are now the Justice Sotomayor um, Sonia Sotomayor projects. So I lived there until I was 11 when we crossed the street and went into the Mitchellama co-ops. And then I went to the same Catholic grammar school, plus the Sacrament Academy. And then I went to the same high school, Cardinal Spellman, though not at the same time. And then I joined a little board of Latino justice, which we've talked about it. And I was a member of the board of Latino justice. And so, so was she. And during her confirmation hearings, one of the things that was requested was the notes from when she had been on the board and she had been on the litigation committee and they wanted to get all the notes. So folks spent hours and hours and hours searching. We had lots of law firms and associates and a ton of people volunteer to go through the Latino justice records, which were like 30 years old or something at oh that point goodness. in time. Yeah. in some warehouse somewhere to go, go through them, copy them, send them over to the judiciary committee. And so as a result as a thank you, she had us be sworn in into the Supreme Court bar, the U.S. Supreme Court bar. We had a private ceremony. Oh, was, my goodness. I know. Can you imagine? I'm so it, jealous. It, I know. it's It was beyond surreal. So Carla, who you mentioned, Carla Sanchez was the one who brought us before the court and sort of submitted us, nominated us. And then we were all sworn in. The nice piece was that on the board at the time, there were three of us that had gone to Cardinal Spellman High School had oh. gone and the same year. So I have this fabulous picture with the four of us, the justice and us, all the Spellman people. And I will tell you, it was, I don't think there's anything in my career that will top that. Maybe there will be, maybe there will be, but it was beyond amazing and beyond an accomplishment to be sworn into the US, US Supreme Court bar 
by the Latina who was nominated by the first black president. It's so love her, adore her. And so that's why we are blazing embers and igniting people's embers and continuing to keep that sense of Latino warm, hot, and ready to go with success and professional development that's needed. I love that. I didn't know that about you, Maria. I had no idea. I'm here. I Okay. So I made, this may be a theme in our podcast. My eyes water. But it's a beautiful thing to say because I, I had, there are many moments I think in, in life where I guess maybe because I'm getting old, I, I always think I could have never imagined this, even if I tried, that if you told me at a younger age to write where I would see myself at this stage in life, I would not know where to write it. Like it would just be a blank page. I'd be stuck. And if you told me, if somebody came from the future to tell me what was happening, you'd be like, I, I'd, yeah, I'd be like, no way. Like <laughs> you're dreaming. So I think it's a beautiful thing that you got that opportunity that you share such a connection to, I mean, Justice Mayor. I just, I just can't like. Excellence. She's Latina excellence. I mean, she's just. Yeah. And if anybody's ever met her, I mean, she's your aunt, like your tia. And she's just the warmest, nicest person. I have her books and I read the books, her books to my kids because I think they're also just, they're very inspiring. And I think that they're important lessons to be learned at all ages, really. Yeah. So. Let's wrap this up. This is our first yeah. <laughs> episode of the year. We are looking forward to having growth to really getting more listeners. So if you're listening to us, thank you so very much for your support. And to everyone who has talked to us, who has pushed us, who has volunteered to help us, we really appreciate all the support that you've given to get us to here to this moment. Without you, there would be no Blazing Ember podcast, right? And and Maria, without you, there would be no Blazing Ember and podcast. Without you, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our friends and family. And to those of you who expected nothing less from us, because that also keeps us going. Yes. So we hope you enjoyed listening to us and sharing a little bit about our story and a little bit about how we started. And what we're going to ask is you please subscribe to our newsletter. Please, Happy New Year. Please subscribe. And also <laughs> listen to us, but share us. Take some time to share our podcast with others that you think would find value and would enjoy us. Because the best part of this is to continue growing and to continue adding value is to continue getting to more and more people. And with that, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Ciao. you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Blazing Ember podcast and our journey to empowerment. Look out for more episodes to keep your ember blazing. Visit blazingember.com where you can connect with us and share your feedback. Hasta pronto.